Goose Fraba. Phew. The Mets didn't make it easy, but they hung on Sunday night for the win and took two out of three from the rival Phillies. We'll break down the wild weekend in Philly, the questionable managing from Luis Rojas, and the big series up ahead with the Cardinals. We also take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy and debut Figgy's Fables. It's all next on the Donnie Stevenson edition of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Ooh. Welcome to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast. From the New York Post, make sure you subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. Amazon, but give us that five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We drop new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays all season long. It's Jake Brown here at Jake Brown Radio on Twitter. And Nelson Figueroa, former Mets pitcher there at Figgy NY on Twitter. No guest, but we will have the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, your favorite segment coming on later in the show, as well as the debut of Figgy's Fables, where he'll give us a fable of pitching in Philadelphia and maybe the fans there in Philadelphia. And speaking of Philadelphia, Figgy, what a weekend. I mean, what a whirlwind of emotions from Friday and the clown, Jose Alvarado's clown ass on Friday and his clown ass getting karma. Karma is a B-I-T-C-H on Sunday where he couldn't throw a strike. And then Sunday and, you know, the lead, being lost and then gained and then lost and then gained. And then they end up winning and taking two out of three. Uh, Figgy, I'm still trying to process everything that went down last night. That was unbelievable Sunday night baseball. I know Mets fans hate the national broadcast. It takes away from Gary, Keith, and Ron. For May 2nd, an incredible game. Right. Um, (laughs) If you like uh, random happenings in baseball, things you've never seen before, a game of nonstop, holy you-know-what, Yes, it was a very good game. And for them to come out on top, thankfully, they, they really needed that. There was some timely hitting finally. Pete Alonso coming through with bases loaded. That gapper, that, that was you had to feel a big relief from him when he got to second base to be able to come through in that situation. I saw just way too much bad baseball this weekend in Philadelphia. And it wasn't the pitching side because I felt like Met starters, you know, Stroman did his thing. And and what do you have? Uh, Something you've never seen before. A strikeout of the pitcher with bases loaded. Wild pitch goes to the backstop. Two run score on a wild pitch. And that was the difference in the ball game. That cannot happen at the major league level, at any level, where the ball gets away and two runs score because of that. That's how day one was. And you knew that the Phillies had a depleted lineup, so you had to take advantage of that. And they weren't able to in that first game. The second game, oh, man, we talk about Alvarado. Uh, but that that game got set up well in advance of that. And, and to let him off the hook the way that they did by not being aggressive, by not being able to, to get the timely hit, and for Dom Smith to get punked like that. I mean, I would have never expected for a guy to not stand his ground in that situation. And we'll come back to that in a second. And then last night, of course, yeah, you're, you're all excited. They won the game and people, you know, texted me and wrote to me all over the place. So, wow, what a great game. What a great, wasn't a great game. It was a great game because they won, but that game was two inches away from being a disaster. 
And, you know, we'll go into Luis Rojas and, and questionable managing of bringing in your closer with a four-run lead and not using some of your other assets that you have there in the bullpen. And, and I just uh, – I'd like to say I was happy, but this is how May is starting, and it's already giving me anxiety. It's going to be May. And you know, the, <laughs> the, the Phillies fell two inches short, just like a lot of uh, men in America, but that's too easy. But I, I, let's let's start with that and, and what you just said because, you know, my tweet blew up. I think everyone was talking about it on Twitter, just the fact that Luis Rojas has continuously made the wrong decisions. And, you know, last year he cut him some slack. It was his first year managing a 60-game season. Guys COVID here and there, guys out. It was just a funky year. But there's no more times for games. This is a team and a roster that's ready to win now. And listen, the pitcher's got to get the job done. We know that. Listen, that's that's obvious. We know the pitcher has to get the job done. But the career track record shows that Edwin Diaz in non-save situations is not good. The track record shows that on the second night of a back-to-back, he's not that good. So why in that position? You end up saving him with Jairus Familia. Why is Jairus Familia just not in there to start the game? Familia gave up the one earned run his first outing. He has not given up a run since. I know Edwin Diaz has been better this year, but that's a four-run game. You have to be able to trust Familia, whether it's Loop. May had thrown just 11 pitches. You throw May out again for another inning if you had to. It just made no sense, and I can't even blame Diaz. And if, you know, the the back tightness, we'll see. He's definitely not available for Monday. We'll see if he ends up on the IL or not. But you not only put your team in a bad position, you put him in a bad spot where you can risk injury, and it happened. We've seen this over and over again, and this is like, I hate to say it, Mickey Calloway Part 2. Hope to never utter his name, but you have to because Mickey did these same kind of boneheaded decisions that make you scratch your head. This bullpen's improved, and there are guys who are getting the job done out there, and Edwin Diaz might be one of them, but there's no reason that he should have been in that game, and that nearly cost him. You said, listen, that clearly was not a home run. It hit the pole. I know there's a lot of Phillies fans who are mad. That was the right call, but the fact that the Mets had to be saved by that, and then maybe injury because we don't know if Rojas was going to pull Hoskins there I mean it was the no-brainer decision to pull Diaz after the Hoskins said that was a no-brainer and then luckily Familia got the job done and his stuff you could talk about it has looked nasty so far this year he looks like a the old closer that the Mets had and now he might be the new closer and you need Seth Lugo back obviously you need these arms back but Luis Rojas can't be costing the the team games and like you said they were two inches away from potentially losing that game either in the ninth or the 10th inning and this team can't survive with a manager making those decisions yeah we said that in the 60 game season and we're like oh it was like four or five games that well was the difference last year and it's going to be a big difference maker right now the national league east has not woken up they are not playing very good baseball all around you're seeing some really uncharacteristic things from a team like the Braves where they got one hit and a doubleheader against the Diamondbacks, you know, not too long ago. You look all around the division, no one's running away with it. You got two teams that are at 500 right now up at the top of the division. And that's a surprise to a lot of people. No one's playing winning baseball in the National League East, but it's early and we're now into May. I am happy over the last seven days, several Mets have kicked it up a notch as far as hitters, right? We talk about McNeil finally hitting the ball with some authority, doing what he normally does and able to put the ball all over the field, bat to ball contact, his thing. You got Conforto, who there was a bunch of soft hits early on. And I remember we were there at that game on that Friday. And I said to you, that little bloop, you know, base hit that just made it over the shortstop's head. 
that's going to wind up being a turnaround for him. And I said, as ugly as that looked, that's all he needed to realize that he didn't have to barrel up everything. And once he starts hitting that ball to left field the way he does, those line drives, McCutcheon missed the ball, but again, goes down as a double. That was a hard hit ball. Everything that's coming off his bat right now is starting to become more and more solid. And he's beaming with confidence right now. He's the guy that you want up at the plate. Alonzo coming up clutch. That That's what he's supposed to be doing in those situations. But, you know, past that in the lineup over the last seven days, and, we, you know, you only talk about the Philly series. Over the last seven days, there hasn't been a lot of action outside those like three, four guys, right? It's been the starting pitchers that have done so well to get the ball to the bullpen. The bullpen, for the most part, has been really good. And then until, you know, last night's implosion with Diaz coming out with possible injury and maybe not pitching at 100%, that's where we're at. We're, we're at a, a, a place right now where you got four games against the always tough Cardinals and they're at home. So it's going to be, you hope, better baseball to be played. Uh, you can't make errors. You can't make poor decisions. You can't make terrible pitches over and over again and, and play lackadaisical defense uh, all the way around. I mean, McNeil was a man possessed with his defense yesterday, trying to prove like, you know what? I, I can't play defense. Stop, you know, put some respect on my name. Now let's go back to putting some respect on someone's name. And this is where I'm hung up because I am all about the silver lining. I'm all about the rather be a lover than a fighter. But man, when you get called out and your whole team gets called out, the way that Alvarado did to the Mets, not only Dom, I, I put most of it on Dom because he walked away with his head down as he should because he swung at that pitch and missed it right down the middle. But that was a big moment for him to kind of get revenge, whatever you want to call it, because he already got talked to from the mound about shutting up and, and not worrying about it. Because I don't think Alvarado's trying to hit anybody. If you've seen him pitch, he can go from nastiest sinker in baseball to a wild pitch straight to the backstop. We've seen the whole range of, of what Alvarado can do. It is then the respect factor. And respecting the game of baseball, you have a challenge, you meet that challenge, great. You want to go and, and pump up your team and your fans, look towards your dugout, pump them up, say what you want to say, curse what you want to curse, throw your hands in the air. I got no problem with it. When you turn and you face the other team's dugout and you tell them to come on, somebody's got to get his ass. Somebody's got to get him. It can't. That's a respect factor beyond belief because then it steamrolls into what we saw where Castro is getting fined for throwing four pitches inside on Hoskins. They didn't hit him, didn't throw behind him, just inside. Now he's getting fined for that. The game has not only gotten soft in that capacity, but when you're letting the kids play and they're taking selfies as they're hitting home runs when they're losing games, Ozuna did it with the Braves this week, you have to realize that there's going to come a point in time where people get upset, people get angry, and there's a respect factor that you have to get. We love and we revere the 86 Mets, and Ronnie was all over the broadcast saying somebody needed to go get him. And it had to be Dom, quite honestly. It had to be Dom because he was the first one to chirp when Alvarado hit Conforto and he hit McNeil. Dom was the first one to stand up for his teammates. That's great. But he also backed down in a situation where I'm not saying I I'm a guy that is, I'm going to beat up anybody. I'm not an MMA fighter by any means. But I am going to tackle that man and let him know that that's not okay. I'm going to put my hands on him. I'm going to hold him. I've been in Blanche Curing brawls throughout my career, minor leagues, major leagues in a couple. And they don't ever really turn into much at the major league level because everybody's, you know, of sane mind. Alvarado was not of sane mind. And that's where the difference for me came in is that you needed to go out there. Don't talk about it afterwards. Don't talk about it on a Zoom call. Oh, he could meet me in the tunnel anytime. It's the same thing as, you know, Noah Syndergaard saying you can meet me 60 feet, six inches if you don't like it when I pitch inside. And yet I think he has three hit batters since that date. 
it's great to talk the talk, but that was a moment right there where it's a character, it's a team moment because the Mets played frustrating baseball throughout April. Dom's got to be frustrated. He's not playing up to his level, his ability. You know, everybody's worried about their ratings in MLB The Show and everything else. You just got punked by a guy who you had some words with earlier and waited for everybody to get there. The the umpire was there and, and it just, now it makes it a very uncomfortable situation where if it was a one-on-one thing, handle your business. Your teammates will back you. Your teammates would have been there for you. You roll around a little bit, you get in a scuffle, but damn it, I'm not going to let somebody punk me and my team. I'm on record. Uh, I got sent out of the major leagues for voicing my opinion about certain people when they tried to punk me at the big league level. And, and that was something that could I put my hands on him? No, not in the situation because I wasn't up to bat. I, what am I going to do, run in from the mound and go into their dugout when they were cheerleading, when the Nationals did that to me? But I called them out. I called them out about it right away. I, I was on the field shaking my arms with pom-poms. And my way of getting revenge with them was I had bases loaded with one out. I, I popped the guy up and struck the other guy out. So that was my way of getting out of it. But it was it's a respect thing, man. I, and I, I'm sorry about the long tirade, but I, I feel like that's something that it's going to kind of leave a mark for me for a while until they figure out what, what identity this team has. All right, Puerto Rican Ashton Kutcher, let me uh, respond to, to your punk points here. I don't disagree with you. Listen, I, I love fights. I would love if Dom just knocked that clown ass out. Alvarado's done this time and time again, not with just the Mets, but... He also had like five guys in there defending him when when Dom once Dom heard. I mean, Dom was going to the dugout. He's hearing chirping, has no idea, turns his head, and by that time when Alvarado's getting closer, the Phillies had the catcher. You had everyone running in. Do you want Dom tackling Phillies and you know then he gets suspended and then you want to lose one of your best hitters for maybe a week when he's been one of the best hitters on the team and they're not getting hits? You really you would rather him get suspended in that case? I would. I I honestly would because, again, we've seen uh, with the lineups that we've seen, maybe they face some lefties. There's always a reason that Dom won't play and Dom will come into a game. I get it. I'm not worried about that. It's early in the season. Nobody's running away with the division. It's a defining moment in the character of this team. Well, just know if it happens again, Dom will hit him. I think they're going to face each other again this season. Oh, my God. This isn't the the end of it by any means. But this is now now what happens. Say Dom gets a hit. Now is he going to yell at him and expect him not to come and get him? That, you made it an awkward situation. There's a respect factor to the game. We saw Garrett Cole and uh, Garrett Cole and Miggy. Or Miggy kind of tipped his cap against Garrett Cole. You know, there's a there's a respect factor when you play this game. When you show your ass the way that Alvarado did, that's where I I said it before. Sometimes you got to smack a man on his beak to get some respect. He felt that he was able to do that, even though he created that whole whirlwind by loading the bases and going 3-0 and and then coming all the way back and striking out Dom with a fastball down the middle, that he could then talk. And if he felt that he could talk that way, then he had to back it up. I'm sorry. I don't – look, I saw Farnsworth took out Paul Wilson. Paul Pearl Wilson was trying to button. Farnsworth threw a ball at his head, and he turned around, and he yelled at him like, what the hell? All of a sudden, they went at it. He went out there, and he got body slammed. But you know what? Sometimes that's what has to be done. You have to go out there and you have to, it, to me, it was about defending my teammates. I, I was defending my teammates the whole time. Hey, don't throw at the head. Hey, don't throw at the head. Hey, listen, you can't 
talk to talk and not walk to walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. 30 for 30, Dom Smith, the pride of Los Angeles, California, up against Jose's fat-ass Alvarado in his clown shoes, the pride of Venezuela. Who will win? Jose Alvarado suspended three games, but it doesn't matter because the Phillies could survive without three games with him. Dom Smith, if he was suspended, the Mets offense cannot survive because Francisco Lindor is batting the weight of a skinny man, 171 pounds. Figgy weighs more than the weight of Francisco Lindor. But 30 for 30, Jose Alvarado is a bum. Um, yeah, I think uh, the the bigger issue here is Francisco Lindor, Figgy. You know, I know we talk about this. I'm glad you got that off your chest. Usually it's me getting something off my chest. Uh, what's the uh, line we were talking We didn't do, uh, you didn't know Goose Fraba from Anger Management. What was it? Wasaba? What is Wasaba? Wusa. Wusa, right. Okay. What is that from uh, again? Bad Boys. Bad Boys, yes. Doo doo. Nelson Figueroa. Bad Boys for Life. All right. So let's move on. So let's move on Wusa. to Francisco Lindor. And, and Thank God he's fielding well because his hitting is awful. 340 million or plus. He is not this bad of a player. Let's stop the drama. If you don't think he is in his head deeper than we are, then you're crazy. He's taking all the extra batting practice. To me, it seems like he's swinging himself almost tired. His, his swing looks lethargic. His swing has no whip to it. I play with a guy in minor leagues, and that's he goes, you can tell when somebody has that whip in their bat. You know, Don't talk to me about numbers and this, that, and the other. When a guy swings the bat with that whip in it, and that's normally what Lindor does, especially from the left side, and down middle in, that's where Lindor usually does all his damage. I'm seeing a lethargic swing pulled over, rolled over ground balls to the right side, which, I mean, for a guy whose career, you know, 280 plus hitter, he's got to be hitting the ball all over the field with a little bit more authority. And I, I just see a guy who's tired. He's got a tired swing right now. And it's not from games because <laughs> he's not making much contact and, and doing any damage. But they showed him on the SPN game, putting up, you know, oh, swinging for the fences. And A-Rod, you know, said it best. He's like, maybe just get in the cage and just focus on the process. Focus on, you know, keeping the hands quicker, getting to the ball quicker, shortening up the swing rather than elongating it and trying to hit home runs. I, I don't know too many hitters that had a lot of success with trying to hit home runs. Well, A-Rod uh, said something about that. He said, I would find him if he hits more than 25 homers or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right. What, what do you think of that? I mean, I've never heard that. I mean, A-Rod says a bunch of ridiculous nah, things on the broadcast. It, it, it's not a, it's not a, you know what? It's not a find him, but it, it is, we've seen this, uh, I'll go and it's a much smaller, you know, scale of a player, but Juan Lagares. Juan Lagares, every time we saw him hit, if he was a gap-to-gap guy, we loved him. We loved his speed. We loved everything he could do defensively. But as soon as he hit a home run or two home runs in a week, you lost this guy for the next two months because he would try and put everything in the air, swing and miss at everything and come out of whack and get all out of sorts. And then an injury would happen. And then you never, we never really got to see the best of Juan Lagares. I liken it to him in, in that capacity because I know Lindor can hit home runs. I've seen Lindor hit home runs. I've seen him have a, a flair for coming up in a big situation. And you know what? That smile goes away because he's serious about it. I saw a guy after that swing where it was, uh, was it bases loaded? Where he hit just a weak fly ball and he wanted to throw the, he wanted to throw the bat on the ground. It was, it was just defeated. He just looked defeated. And it wasn't the pitcher stuff. It's not the nasty stuff that's getting him out and he's swinging over the top of nasty breaking balls. He is getting himself out. There's nothing more frustrating for a hitter than you missed a pitch and you're getting yourself out. You're expanding your zone. You're trying 
trying to do too much. You're trying to hit a six-run home run with nobody on just to make up for the six RBIs you should have had with men in scoring position. That's not going to happen. It's going to take him getting back to being that line drive hitter. I want to see him using that speed. I want to see line drives in the gap. I want to see doubles. I want to see a few triples because he's legging them out. I want to see Lindor smiling for all the right reasons. And I'll give him credit for this. Most players in this day and age would be hiding in the dugout, not wanting to hear it from the fans, not wanting to be on TV because you know the media is talking about you. He is on the top step, whether he has struck out, whether he has grounded out, whether he has come through in the clutch, and he, he has played spectacular defense. That's a he bit of saving, saving grace. And you're right, he's cheering for his guys. You know, when Alonzo got that hit, he is one of the cheer. Like the, with the Knicks, it's Theo Pinson. It's like their 12th man who's the <laughs> clapping cheerleader. Lindor has sadly played like a Theo Pinson at the right. plate, but he's been that, that guy to motivate these guys. And at least they're, that, they're, those are his two saving graces, good teammate and good defense. Yeah, you know what? Howie Rose, I was listening to the broadcast while driving, and Howie Rose said, but he has to hit. He's not making all this money to be the, the to be the cheerleader of the team or or to you know be the guy that's rah rah. He's not being paid to just be a defensive glove guy. They already had that defensive glove guy and a guy like Jimenez. He is being paid to be the superstar and a guy who can do it all. We have not seen him be able to do it all, and it is early. I'm not stressing. I, I just I hate to see him stressing. I hate to see his his face changes when he gets up to bat. Like watching him on defense. Watching him when his teammates are struggling and he's, you know, bamo, 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 and he's yelling at the pitchers on the mound and he's he's got that intensity. But when he's walking up to the plate, you can see him. He's in his own head. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, they've had so many days off, Figgy, but it might take a day or two off here against St. Louis where you just sit him and let him get his mind right. I don't know what it is. Maybe he needs to meet with Donnie Stevenson. Maybe he needs the Donnie Stevenson approach. Do you think maybe that helps? Does a, day, a mental day off help for him at this point? Uh, remember Terry used to do that all the time. The guy needs a mental break. You know what? It, it may take that. It may take that. Put Guillaume out there to start the series. You got a four-game series. Well, Guillaume's so I, on I, the IL. He's hurt. So I mean, that's not, not Guillaume. I, Peraza could play shortstop. I, I, I don't see him playing all four games. I don't know if he starts tonight or not. You know, maybe they give him the, the night off tonight. But I also think, you know what? Uh, getting to probably he's going to hang out with a guy like Yadier Molina who's going to, you know, try and talk to him a little bit. Give him, give him some words of wisdom, you know, because they're, they're both tight from the Puerto Rican team. I just don't know if you can't say it's like we said, they've been playing so sporadically. Two days off, two games in between with the Boston Red Sox, and now you just played a whole three-game series. It's not that he needs the rest. He is mentally whooped when it comes to hitting. The beauty of him is that he's still playing the game hard and playing the game the right way with his defense, with his, you know, his his picking up of his teammates, all those other things where he's not that superstar that's sitting in a corner by himself trying to hide away from everybody. He's up front with it. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's working on it, and he's maybe working too much. I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen it before. The guys think 400 swings is going to be better than 200 swings. It doesn't work that way. It really does not work that way. You, you just you swing yourself, and if you in if you have bad habits that have been created, you swing yourself into more bad habits by swinging so much. So less will be more. Maybe some time in the cage, just squaring up and hitting line drives, feeling like the ball's jumping off your bat again. Even the sound. That used to uh, always work with pitchers, too. If we did something indoors, the acoustics of the loud pop and the loud bat crack, those acoustics make you feel better, even if you weren't throwing harder. You know what I'm saying? Just something like that that could maybe change his focus, I think, uh, would really help. Here's the acoustics we may need. We may need Jose, 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 Jose. <laughs> Paraza, Jose, 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 Jose. How 
of that, he gets the big hit. And then not only in that, the birthday boy, who, I mean, play a little bit of shortstop, but they need him at third now, uh, potentially with, with Guillaume out. But we might, if VR can play short, that solves a lot of your problems because he has been fantastic, not only at the plate, but on the base pass. Jose, Jose, Jose gets the hit off the first baseman, goes in a right. Reese Hoskins, how about we see him mic'd up on that one? Hey, ESPN, you want to turn his mic on for uh, <laughs> for that lackadaisical bad news Bears little lob to the Mahone or wherever the second baseman is? VR takes off and comes home, basically steals home because of the laziness. I mean, Joe, if I'm Joe Girardi, I flip a table after that game. Oh, God, this is yes. a one-run game in the eighth inning, and they're lollygagging the ball around, and good heads-up baseball. You see a lot of runners who at third, they're chilling, they're talking to the third base coach. VR's paying attention to like, okay, if they're going to be this bad, I'm going to do it. I mean, we want to talk about the Mets issues. The Phillies stink. I mean, they were a disgrace yesterday. I mean, the Mets should have really swept that series. The Mets' ineptitude is the only reason they didn't. But, God, the Phillies' defense was pathetic. McCutcheon sucked. Hoskins sucked. They have a lot of – Alvarado's a bum. The <laughs> Phillies are so hateable and s- such a laughing stock that if they finish over 500, I'll be surprised. Their bullpen is, an, is a natural disaster. There's the COVID pandemic, and then there's the Phillies' bullpen. They suck. And yeah, there's no vaccine for that either. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no Johnson & Johnson. There's there's no one shot. There's no two shots of Pfizer or Moderna that are saving that freaking bullpen. Good for them for for Jonathan VR coming home on that. And a Jose Peraza, you're thinking to yourself, why is Jose, Jose, Jose pinch hitting here? But with the Nimmo injury, with the JD injury, with the injuries going around, he comes up big. And I like to see those guys who you know are, are really AAA players and Jose Peraza coming up in that spot. I love to see Hoskins mic'd up, ESPN all over and mic'd up. Let's hear what he had to say there. How about you turn the mic on and put some bleeps on when he hit that near home run that the, the Phillies and NBC Sports or whatever tweeted out without deleting that it was a, his hundredth career home run. Not so fast, guys. Watch the replay. Yeah, you got to be first. You know how it is. You don't have to have it right. Just be first. Uh, no, that's one of the things that we love is hearing the players mic'd up in all situations. And I think they should have some of that. But you know, you, you got to know what he was saying to himself for for doing that. Almost made a great double play to end the inning and winds up being so lackadaisical with his toss in that <laughs> VR takes advantage of it. What if though? Second baseman turned around and threw VR out by forty feet. <laughs> what are you? What are you doing, VR? It would have been a different you, story, but it is right, his birthday. Right. I know, I know. But that, this is the beauty of baseball, where it, it's a, it's a game of inches. Yeah, it it really is a game of inches, and that's why when you can, you have to focus on every single thing. You can't take off. You can't worry about your at bats. You can't worry about what happened last inning. You can't worry about you know where you're going tonight. You can't worry about any of that stuff in the moment because look at how that game spun out of control right there in the ninth inning Edwin Diaz fed to the wolves in a situation where it's not a safe situation you've got other arms that you know you feel that could hold the Phillies from scoring four runs and even though you saw him getting a little erratic it was two outs very quickly besides the triple he had two quick outs and then he winds up walking Joyce and then all of a sudden almost home run and that was a totally different ball game but Familia came through that was good to see um I just again the Phillies are that bad. Are the Mets that good? No, I'm not sitting here going, oh, this is the team we expected. No, 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 no. They, they've, they've got to do some things a lot better for me. The manager has to make some, I would say, more baseball savvy, experienced baseball managerial decisions uh, other than what you know what the lineup or what the uh, little index card says uh, is a good move or yeah not. he's hurting the Mets a lot and you know here's some acoustics for the Phillies I'll, I'll have for you uh figgy if you if you know the famous song d-o-d-g-r-s oh really no o'malley uh by Danny Kay a famous baseball song the song goes 
Odem B, Odem B U, B U M, B U M S, dem bums, dem bums, dem dry bums. Oh, they may be bums, but the Phillies are bums. There you go. There's your acoustics. A lot of American Idol performance here for you. Uh, Brian's face, Brian's face is classic right there. Brian's face is in total shock just sitting there. Look it up, bro. It's on the Baseball's Greatest Hits album. This is how you know I'm a true fan. I I had, you know, when I went to Cooperstown, I had on a CD, Baseball's Greatest Hits. And D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, it's a whole song. Look it up. Uh, It's a classic. But the Phillies are bums. And Luis Rojas is managing like a bum. I mean, we'll say it over and over again all season. He's managing like a bum and a triple-A manager. You know, it's different. You know, I know you. he coached you. He's coached in, you said, the uh, Dominican League, Venezuelan League. Dominican. He's coached at different levels, but this is the big leagues. And it's, it's inexcusable what he did on Sunday night. And I don't want to hear the pitcher needs to do it. That's obvious. But you need to put your players in good positions to win. And he's not. He's pulling pitchers early. He's putting the wrong relievers in. Put... Trust in your other relievers. Familia, how do you think? He'll feel great about himself. He's coming in a four-run game to take the series. That's a confidence boost. You put him in that spot. When you're putting him in to try to save your closer who shouldn't have been in the game, I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up for disaster, and luckily you got the job done. So, listen, Luis Rojas, he can't be costing the Mets any more games because this division we're seeing now, it's looking like the NFC East of 2020 of uh, NFL, how bad it's been, but you're seeing how tight it is. This division is going to be close. So, uh, Luis Rojas has got to be better for Four games against the Cardinals before the Mets return home to face the Diamondbacks and Orioles. The Cardinals are 16 to 12, 8 and 2 in the last 10 games. So this is a big series. At this point, you're hoping to split. Would love to see them take three out of four. You get a DeGrom in there, but th- this is a, t- a tough series. And the Mets clearly banged up. You know, if there was ever a time they could use a day off, it might be now. Now they don't have the days off, but uh, they'll, they'll get one soon enough. Coming up next, we'll go to class, we'll go to school. In the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, right here on Amazing But True. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Amazing But True. I'm Nelson Figueroa alongside Jake Brown. We are now entering the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy with two words that are kind of the themes of this weekend's series with the Phillies. First one, sloppy baseball. Baseball descuidado. Baseball descuidado. <laughs> that second word is a tongue twister. Baseball descuidado. Baseball descuidado. That's it. This one's easy Reminds for you. Reminds me right? of despacito. Descuidado. La satita. Domino's pizza. And then we wonder why you're Jake and he's Justin. Anyway, so that's the easy one. I just wanted to lay that one From down. JB to JB, baby. Now, <laughs> yeah, same thing. Now we're talking closers. And the fact that the Mets, you know, maybe without their closer, definitely for tonight and hopefully not too much longer. I already have a feeling that this is going to be like impossible for some reason. No, I don't think it's that bad. This might be the easiest and the quickest Spanish Academy ever. Are you ready? Estás listo. Oh my goodness. No, no, no. That's not the word. That was a question. Are you ready? That's a, What does that mean? Estás listo. Estás listo. Are you ready? <laughs> My mom's scrapbook material here in South Carolina just spit all over it. Estás listo. Why did you turn it to Yoda? Peanut butter and junk. Mm, smart figgy dumb Jake. <laughs> That's all you ready. Just say yes. We, uh, C. There you go. I knew you could do it. Closer. Cerrador. Oh, my God. The R rolling is just impeccable. <laughs> One more time. Cerrador. Cerrador. 
It sounds like I have phlegm in my like throat. The, it's like you're at the dentist. It sounds like I have COVID. The tongue depressor. He's got the tongue depressor down, and you're trying to talk. Cerrador. 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 No, 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 no. Don't try and get points for bringing up all the old stuff. No, no. Comelon. <laughs> Comelon. That's it. I'm going to get that tattooed on your neck. All right, last time, Cerrador. I'm like, because I'm trying to roll the R. I'm like preparing to roll the R, and I just realized I physically am unable. My tongue just does not have that. Cerrador. Oh, I came close there. Cerrador. <laughs> Why are you? You're like going from like the throat. Get it on your tongue. You're you're like way too far back with it. Cerrador. Salador, Skeletor from He Man. Salador, Salador. All right, I'm not gonna be able to. What was the other one? Baseball del Aligar. Baseball descuidado. Baseball descuidado, Salador. There you go. Oh man. We start out with la 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 and we'll get your tongue working a little bit better. Baseball that we got. Domo omigato, Mr. Roboto. I can't remember this stuff. It is hard. Desperador. Desperador. Batedor emergente. Umaton de errores. Desperado. Desperado. Batedor emergente. Umaton de errores. This is why you couldn't do Spanish class. You definitely have ADD. Oh, I 100% have ADD. I mean, that's if you listen to this show, you probably determine that. I mean, I want to. Cerrador. Baseball descuidado. Batedor emergente. Umaton de errores. Galeador. Palanzano. Tramposo, entrenamiento de primavera. Buenos días, mis vecinos. Sobre reaccionar. Inyetemi con la vacuna. Lanzador titular. El mago barbudo. Comelón en apuñalar por la espalda. That wraps up the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. All right, we're back here on Amazing But True for our final segment, Guess Free. You don't need to hear about Jake's fables. The only fable I had was I was a 15th wheel figgy this weekend at my brother's wedding down here in Lake Wiley. I'm down in the old uh, backwoods of South Carolina near Charlotte, and it made me realize I need to find a girlfriend or a wife because it is it is wild when you are, uh, there's seven couples and you are the eighth and by yourself is me and uh, my bottle of white wine in my hand, but that's my fable for the week down here in my mom's scrapbook room recording this podcast right now in, in our house that is way too big for just two people. Um, but good to be home. You get the bubble bath. You don't get that when you have roommates because they got dirty feet. Uh, so nice to have a bubble bath. But that's enough out of me. <laughs> this show usually goes off the deep end. Figgy mentioned it. It's true, bro. You share a bath with two dudes. You cannot use that bath because they're, they're all over it. So now I have my own bathtub here to take a bath in. Bubble baths as a kid were underrated. But let's go back to your days as a kid. And by a kid, I mean a, a big league pitcher with the New York Mets. Uh, in the first installment of Figgy's Fables. Take it away, Figgy. So one of the things that I always get in arguments about with Met fans, and this happened early on in SNY, when they asked me who's the best mascot in baseball. Of course, it's not Mr. Met. Mr. Met doesn't do much of anything. He doesn't talk. He doesn't dance. He doesn't do anything. He actually flips off the fans, if you guys remember that, and got into big trouble for it. For me, 
the Philly Fanatic, without a doubt, is the best mascot in baseball. And the reason why is it's must-see TV. When he's doing – they're announcing the lineups, and they'll do the visitors' lineup first. He'll come right in front of the dugout. And the whole time he's antagonizing everybody on our team. I'm with the Mets at the time. He's antagonizing our team. And, uh, you know, he's driving his ATV around, and he's just messing with everyone. But you had to see the way he would do the lineup. So they would announce batting first, Jose Reyes. And he would put himself really small and then act like he was stealing second base. And then he'd kind of walk back like, okay, okay, that's not bad. Luis Castillo. And as soon as it was Luis Castillo, he'd act like he was in a walker and then with a cane, like he was so old. Because remember, he had those bad knees. And then he would go, David Wright. And he would act like a pretty boy, like he was looking in the mirror and fixing his hair and everything. Then they had uh, Carlos Delgado. And he would squat down and put the big stance on like Delgado and try and imitate Delgado's stance and Delgado would be cracking up laughing. Next one was Carlos Beltran and he would give like a thumbs up and he'd you know, point to his muscle like, yeah, that, that's a good player. That's a good player. Then it would be like Angel Pagan and he would go, who? And just look around like, who, who's that guy? And his mannerisms were so damn funny, even though he doesn't speak, but you have ever been around the Philly fanatic, you could see how he interacts during the game and he's, he's getting the fans to cheer. He'll start up the cheer he'll start up the wave whatever it may be but that guy inside of that costume for years and years and years when i was there with the phillies his name was tom and we'd go on you know do the stay in school stuff and things like that he is one of the most celebrated and beloved mascots in all of sports and to see uh, the lineups the way that they would do them in philadelphia that that was always really fun i think you could actually youtube it so please do if you get a chance youtube philly fanatic lineups and you can see some of the funniest things uh, of the way that he acts and reenacts things uh and and interacts with the fans and that's something Thing that I remember about Philadelphia dearly and was a great experience. Well, I'll say watching him on TV, he could be very annoying. I, I feel bad for the fans because he'll stand above the dugout and the fans behind the dugout got this poor big green mother effer uh, blocking their view of the game. They got the most expensive seats in the house and they got the big fat mascot in front of them. Yeah, but the big baseball head doesn't block anything, huh? Uh, well, he's usually up in the corner or somewhere else. He's not. He's not above the. <laughs> the only time he's above the dugout is because he doesn't do anything. Listen, I agree. He could do more. Well, him and Miss Met, which I don't know why Miss. I, I like the eligible bachelor, Mister Met, when he's single. Miss Met came up a couple of years ago. I'm like, what happened to a single Mister Met, big pimpin'? I mean, I do Just love- like you were saying. You said, what did you say? You need to get somebody. He needed to get somebody Listen, he was tired of being a 15th wheel at the mascot dinner. We'll see if she's there this summer because it's hot boy summer, man. I mean, Mr. Man might be on, <laughs> on his own thing. And we'll end the show with breaking news that has come in, Figgy, because this has to be discussed, is that Governor Cuomo has announced the elimination of state-mandated capacity restrictions in New York City on Wednesday, May 19th. That means restaurants, bars, retail, salons, and live performances, including Broadway, can all reopen so we monster news here to end the show that new york seems to be back and that should affect the mets we'll find out we'll probably have an update for you on thursday's show but we might be getting closer to 100 percent capacity which is a big jump from 20 percent at city field and uh we'll have updates for you later in the week but we end the show with some positive news you know for some it might might not be as happy about that but a sense of normalcy is coming soon to new york and here on amazing but true That says Zaijen to episode 48, the Jacob DeGrom, the GOAT edition of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. 
Thanks to you, Jake and Brian Munguia, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Gracias, mis amigos, for Nelson Figueroa. I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Thursday after the Mets' four-game set with the Cardinals. Enjoy the series, and let's go Mets.